You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. I'm here with Ken. Uh, no Matt and Jeff today. We're just hanging out. Is that right, Ken? Yeah, we're just hanging out, but we're not lonely. We're not lonely. Uh, Jeff and Matt uh, aren't here today. They they feel bad that they couldn't be here today, but they're actually on a really good mission. If you're familiar with the company Dior out of France, you may have heard the commercials J'adore Dior. They wanted to... Dior. Exactly. They wanted to have a new male fragrance, and they thought, who better to design that fragrance than Matt and Jeff? <laughs> so, <they're>, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So they're they're over in Paris right now. They're picking some flavor profiles. Uh, I think one of them is uh, like a coffee bean. Another one is what? What is Jeff like? Uh, petunias. Petunias. Okay. So a petunia. I've, I've smelled those guys. I don't know if we want a fragrance. I don't know if we want. <laughs> But so I guess that's what Charlize Theron is going to be wearing in the commercial then is Jeff and Matt's Petunia Coffee fragrance. Dior by Jeff and Matt. Yeah, that doesn't sound too appetizing or like you want to wear it. Um, but we do have two uh, people in the studio here who we're excited to introduce uh, who will take their place. Um, they've been listening to the show uh, almost as long as anyone, to be honest, and we'll let them tell that story and we'll get into it. Uh, but they're co-patrons. They're both uh, co-savage superstars on Patreon, and we appreciate their support. So first, I'm going to introduce uh, Jason. Jason Kuntz, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Going really well. Uh, so why don't you tell the story of how you found our podcast, which is kind of fun. You're one of our uh, oldest listeners uh, by listening to the, the whole show, basically, when it first started. Yeah, so uh, back multiple years ago now, uh, we were at Trivia with uh, Liquid Courage, as you guys put it, uh, with Jason Borsom. Uh, and he brought in one of the business cards that you guys had printed out for when you guys went to your first Geek Bowl. Mm -hmm. uh, and he brought him in and I was like, hmm, I guess I'll listen to this. I, uh, I had a trip that I had to take for work the next morning and you guys had three episodes out at the time. So I, uh, decided to binge through all three of those and I actually listened to them on the way there and the way back that day. So that was how I, I got my start with triviality. So one of the very first listeners, like you said, well, you're very dedicated and we appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you to both Jason's for that yeah. uh, double play there. And I think we need to get the ground going again, uh, ground game going again with the business cards, don't you think? More business cards. And speaking of that, if any of you are listening and you're in a different city than Chicago, if you want, if you want to be someone who is an ambassador who hands out business cards to random establishments, let me know and I'll Street ship you team. some. Yeah, I'll ship you some business cards. You can give them to whoever you want. If you enemies, you know, people you like, doesn't matter. Depends what you think of the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and Jason, uh, before we uh, get to Taylor, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, before we get into the game? Yeah, so uh, by trade, I'm a chemical engineer. I work in uh, industrial water treatment, which is a fancy term for I sell chemicals to power plants. So I make sure that the uh, the power plant continues to run safely. Awesome. And you're also in the music world as well. Yeah, I, uh, I manage a local band uh, in the Chicagoland area called Choose Your Character. Uh, we're on all major streaming platforms, so definitely give us a, uh, a listen. Awesome. Choose your character. That's awesome. Now, Taylor, we appreciate you being here today. You've also been listening since the beginning. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hello. I'm Taylor Jordan. I'm here from the uh, Chicagoland area. Um, I've lived here my whole life. Uh, I'm a test engineer for a company. We make uh, event recorders for locomotives, but that's about the most interesting thing about me. So That's really cool, though. That's that's awesome. So how long have you been doing that? Uh 
about four years so about four years great yeah, and and you've cool. been playing trivia with jason pretty much the whole time like yeah four years yeah we actually started playing uh because we did scholastic bowl together in element or middle school so we've been playing trivia for over 15 years together yeah wow so did, did we have a scholastic bowl at our school uh i, I was in scholastic bowl well, you were for one year okay and i was like hey i can answer questions about movies but as you know scholastic bowl they don't really ask a lot of movie questions so no. it did not last long okay. so, so the way that we got into it was uh they handed out flyers when we were in middle school and they said, hey, come check this out. We're starting a team. There's going to be free food. And we were like, yeah, free food. And then we did it for three years of middle school and four years of high school. So pizza, always the great motivator. One pizza got one you pizza. in for yep. seven years. Seven years. That is awesome. Uh, well, we have a special guest host with us today to uh, sort of oversee this competition between me and Ken and Taylor and Jason. And he's been on the show before. He had a valiant performance in the Oscars tournament uh, and has also been on as a contestant, and that's Sean Bernstein coming to us from Toronto, who is a uh, supporter on Patreon as well. So how are you doing, Sean? I'm great, guys. Yeah, that Oscar trivia was brutal. Listen to the third round again, and that was my trivia depancing. So I'm here <laughs> to kind of reclaim a little bit of strength because uh, that was that was a crazy time. Well, we're excited to have you here. Um, I know you've been writing a game for a while, and, and uh, we've been uh, eagerly anticipating it. But why don't you remind folks uh, about what you do, where, what you're up to in Toronto, and... Uh, you know, what your favorite uh, fruit is. Uh, sure, sounds good. Um, hi guys, Sean Bernstein. I am a common software recovering attorney, um, but now I run a digital marketing agency called The Right Stuff Agency, uh, which is really about helping lawyers uh, and other small businesses tell their stories in plain English to help, you know, explain to clients what they do and why they're the best. Um, so that's my whole gig. Uh, and I have a lot of fun doing that. Uh, I play a lot of trivia in my spare time. So, you know, listen to not every episode, I'll be honest, but probably about a good 90%. I'm a bit of a stan. And favorite fruit, had some great fruit this morning. It was at a picnic. Someone brought fruit. It was lovely. Got leftovers downstairs. I'm an apple guy because we grow them here and they're nice, uh, but it can't be at a good berry. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty easy going. What a weird stuff. question. That was new. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to this game. Uh, Taylor and Jason are going to be a team. You had a good team name, I believe. Yeah. So our team name when we play trivia is called Call Me Daddy. So with uh, Sean being from Canada, we decided to be O'Calnada. O'Calnada. And uh, since they're going with uh, that route, I think we're going to be the Trashnal Anthem. The Trashinal Anthem. I like we're it. we're trash. We're trash, and it's it's the song that makes all raccoons around the world stand up and put their hand over their hearts, That's their right. paw over their hearts. All right, Sean, which rules reading do you want to hear today? So the other podcast I love is Gilbert Gottfried, and I think i got to go for some Gilbert. All right. All right, let's see Gilbert do his best Canadian accent. Triviality Podcast is two rounds of 20 questions worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there's a special swing round by this week's host. In the final round, players wager points they've earned for a chance to become the cream of the crop. Crop rules everything around me. Just sounded like Iago from Aladdin, to be honest. Iago, who is from Winnipeg. Yeah. Iago from Winnipeg. It's a very popular name out there. It is. All right, so Sean, take it away, and let's get this game underway. Hey, everyone. So as we constantly shout loudly from the rooftops, my wife and I are proudly Canadian, uh, home to the land of trivia masters such as the late Alex Trebek, uh, who before Jeopardy, by the way, hosted Reach for the Top up here, which was our version of Scholastic Bowl. Um, also friend of the show, Paul Paquette, and some other awesome members of the crop. Uh, we want to honor Canada in this game, but of course, all Canadian trivia wouldn't quite be fair. So here's how we're going to do it. The first 10 questions will be US-based for our four friends in house over there. The swing round will be very Canadian. And the second half will be international to make it fair for everybody. Okay. And for the final round, expect a bit of a Canadian twist. All right. You sounds ready? good. Sounds fun. Here we go. So round one, welcome to Americana. Um, first category, a taste of honey. Elvis Presley is most commonly associated with Memphis, Tennessee, and had his most famous home there, Graceland. But what city and state was he born in? All right, uh, we are going to go ahead and lock in with a guess, because we're not too sure on this. All right, I know that uh, Elvis stayed at Forrest Gump's uh, motel in the movie Forrest Gump. 
I don't think that helps though. No. Okay. So, um, I'm pretty positive that it's in Mississippi. Okay. So I, I don't know if we get half credit for state, but I think it's Mississippi and I feel like the city starts with a T, but I can't get it like all the way out. I mean, Tuscaloosa is the only, no, that's Alabama. Okay. I think it's Tusk something, but I don't exactly know what it is. I don't know. We can like, I, I have like Tuscola here, but I don't think that's right. All right. Let's we just can go with that. In. Yeah, sure. I don't even know if it's a real right, city. So Tuscola, but... Mississippi. Yeah, correct. All right. Yeah. We, we wrote on a few ideas. Uh, Ken said maybe Alabama. Uh, I said maybe Georgia, Missouri. Um, but the state that we just kind of picked, you know, for no particular reason was Kentucky. We thought it, you know, could have held uh, the king over there. Yeah. So I guess we're going with Louisville then. Yeah. Let's go Louisville, Kentucky. So I'm willing to give half points to uh, one team because uh, Mississippi was correct. And the clue is a taste of honey. I was thinking Tupelo honey, which is an old Van Morrison ah, song. It's Tupelo, so Mississippi. Knew it right? started with a T. So and I'm probably pronouncing that terribly. So forgive me for the letters from Mississippi. Uh, category number two, go Bisons. Abraham Lincoln signed the charter for the first non-English university in the U.S. in 1864. What is the main language of instruction at this university? For five bonus points, name the school. Taylor and I talked, and uh, we're going to lock in. All right, so I'm pretty positive this is American Sign Language School. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds right to me. I think the name is escaping me, but I think it's French-sounding, like LaSalle or DuSable or something like that. I think it starts with Du. I mean, DuSable, it makes sense. That's not it. That's not it, though. Duchenne? It's escaping me. Let's just get the let's just get the get the ten. Get the ten. Okay. Yeah, we'll lock in with American Sign Language. All okay. right. Taylor actually had this one, so I'm gonna let him talk. Yeah, so I'm glad that all the years of watching Switched at Birth with my sister finally paid off. Uh, <laughs> I said American Sign Language, and I'm pretty sure it's Gallaudet University. Gallaudet. So yeah, full points going to one team and uh, primary points going to both teams. Uh, it is ASL American Sign Language and it is Gallaudet. Good job, guys. Uh, named after a pioneer of ASL education. Now, we I get made fun of because people will say, oh, or Ken will usually make fun of me and say, oh, you got that history question through a really random movie reference, but you're getting gold from Switched at Birth, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, that's good. That's it's something good to, to keep going to that well. I was, there was Switched at Birth. There was also Deaf You, which came out, I think, in between the time I wrote this game and today, which was a documentary series mm. on Netflix, a reality show set at the school. The only reason I knew it, because you, you wrote it on your paper, was they did a production of, I want to say it was Spring Awakening, that was all ASL. Oh. And so I remember reading about that and then Lincoln, so. That's cool. Yeah. Category three, the impression won't be necessary. Martin Van Buren was the first president to be born a U.S. citizen, but ironically, his first language was not English. What was it? We can lock in over here. Okay. Well, I was going to say we can lock in right away, too. I'm pretty positive it's uh, Dutch. That's where the van comes from. Yep. Sounds good to me. Mr. Van Buren, don't smack me, <laughs> he said please. said it was unnecessary. Don't hit me on the behind, Mr. Van Buren. The van the van actually comes <laughs> from the fact that he was trying to load a couch into a van, and he asked the woman for help, and then he just pushed her in. <laughs> Buffalo pivot, Bill. President Van Buren, just pivot. Pivot. I didn't know Silence of the Lambs was a bio piece yeah. on Martin Van yeah, Buren. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we also said Dutch. Yeah, you guys got it. I think I kind of spoon-fed Neil that question, but seeing the Dutch boy impression live is very jarring, I have to say. <laughs> well, I don't know why, but I have to take off all of my clothes, do it, and then put them all back on again. <laughs> oh, that's why you were taking them off. I was I was kind of concerned, but I know, just rolling with it. Jason gave me a weird look. Well, the reason I did it is because Jason um, has the Dutch boy poster. I do. Oh, I do does. have the Dutch boy poster. Yeah. So for the listeners at home, people don't know what Neil's giant tattoo is actually of. It's actually Martin Van Buren's face on his back, which is just trippy and really made it a gimme question. Let's be honest. And when I do some dancing, it looks like he's uh, he's singing because of you know the, the art is going up and down. Yeah. All right. Category four. It's cold out. Put a coat on. Sadly, eight U.S. presidents have died in office. Four assassinations and four have been from other illnesses. Who is the first? I'm going to let Ken do this one because he is the master of presidents. Okay, these guys are locked in. Uh, with the clue of put a coat on, I believe it would be William Henry Harrison because he got uh, pneumonia or something at his inauguration. Now, he, t- he they, talked for too long. Right, because he didn't have, they had a, two options of a fur coat and a windbreaker, and he chose the windbreaker. Yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah, well, it's his fault. So William Henry Harrison. 
Yeah, so I always pride myself in trivia with Taylor being our history buff. If I can get a history question that obviously he also knows the answer to, but we both wrote down William Henry Harrison. So Both points. It is William Henry Harrison. He was in his late 60s. It was freezing cold. There was no coat. And he, like me, did not stop talking. And it unfortunately <laughs> killed him. Uh, category 5 must have been quite the office nameplate. I'm going to phrase this question very gently to avoid letters triviality. Who was president of the, quote, United States, or technically the Continental Congress as it then was, on July 5th, 1776? I think I know this. You're good with me locking in. I I have no idea. I think I got the reference he was making, but I don't know. What was the category name again? Must have been quite the office nameplate. We can lock in. Oh, wow. They're locked in. I didn't know if he meant The Office, meaning the TV show, but it's probably just a president's question then. Well, I remember the pre- the first president under the Articles of the Confederacy, I think was John Hansen. Um, and that's the best answer I can do if that was, the, in fact, the what they had ratified. So I would say Hansen. Okay, not Chris Hansen. Not Chris Hansen. Okay, I'm fine with Hanson. I, I trust you. Mbop. And uh, this one was all Taylor, so I will let him take it away. Okay, so uh, I started thinking, why would it be trouble for Triviality to say it? And that made me realize the biggest autograph on the Declaration of Independence was from the leader of the Continental Congress, so it'd be John Hancock. It was indeed John Hancock. Mm. Points, uh, Good points reasoning. Well done. Great. These guys are showing us how trivia is supposed to be played here. Wow. Yeah. So it looks like after five questions, these guys have racked up uh, 40 points. No, 50, 50 points. 50 points. Yeah. They're not They're not perfect in the game, but they got some bonus points to pick up that, uh, that half point uh, that they missed. Uh, we got 30, so we're not too far behind. Let's see what happens in the second half. Category six. It was a big year for peace, too. In the famous Black Sox scandal, Eight White Sox players were accused of throwing the World Series against the Cincinnati Reds. What year was that World Series? We can lock in. Okay, so these guys are scaring me a little I, bit. They, they are scaring me. I a mean, bit. I am wearing the White Sox hat in the studio, so it'd be bad if I got this one wrong. Yeah, so hopefully, we didn't. You didn't tell me when we invited them in that they're just going to like wipe the floor with us. So. Well, it's taken so long to get them on the show because we're just afraid. <laughs> They've been listening for so long. They've downloaded all of the info. And, every... you're, and you're naked and afraid because you took your clothes off again. For I am. Some I am literally naked. Uh, and uh, Chris Hansen, speak of the devil, is probably going to come in here and tell me to take a seat. So. Um, <laughs> To everyone watch your your waists. So the question was about the uh, Black Sox. And when he started talking, I just started naming all the actors in the movie who were playing the Black Sox because I don't know their names like Javid Strathairn and John Cusack and whatnot. But I believe it was the 1908 Sox that were the Black Sox. Okay. Now my voice is going into a Boston accent for some reason. The Black, Black Sox. Sox. How do you feel about 1908? I think it's around that. <laughs> I feel good about that as any other guess. So. Okay. We're going to lock in with 1908, not to be confused with 1408, the John Cusack Samuel L. Jackson vehicle. All right. So on our side, uh, we went with 1912. I believe 1908 was the last year that the Cubs won the World Series. That's right. Before 2016. <laughs> or 2016. Back then, though. No points on this one. Uh, big year for peace was 1919. It was treated for side. I blame Jason. Yeah, that oh. was my fault. 1919. We got to listen to these categories. Yeah, and and I, I love that now there's some divide here because Taylor <laughs> just said, "Blame Jason." So we've already sowed the, the uncertainty, seed. the seed. How do you guys feel right now? Are you still feeling good? I feel bad that the the very first one that I thought I knew was the White Sox <laughs> one while wearing the White Sox hat and got that one wrong. So we'll see how it goes from here. Welcome to triviality. That's what happens. You think you know it, and you're way off. It's kind of a trivia tradition that Jason gets all the White Sox questions wrong. So it is, actually. Category 7, all the glitters. When we think of Vegas landmarks, we all think of the classic Las Vegas sign. And I'm going to need exactly here. What does the text of the sign actually say? We took a picture in front of it. Yeah, we did. All right. Well, let's... you want to go with this one? Yeah, let's just... It seems maybe it's just simple and it should be. it should be true. Okay. So feel free to talk it out, guys. All right. So we're a little bit torn. Uh, Taylor wrote down Viva Las Vegas, and I thought that it had the circles where it, with the letters inside that said welcome to, and I think it's whatever the township. I have, Township is what I've come up with so far uh, of Las Vegas, and I think it's something along those lines. 
Hey, I'm willing to trust you because I've never seen the sign uh, in person. But I, I actually haven't either, and I've been to Vegas three times. Um, do we think township though? That's the word I'm kind of stuck on. It's township seems weird. That's a that's a big word to put on a sign. It's it's something like that because it's not a city. It's not like the city of Las Vegas. I don't think it's. Okay, I don't have anything better if you want to put township. That's fine. All right, we'll go with welcome to the township of Las Vegas. And we're saying welcome to beautiful Las Vegas. That's what it is. Is it? I don't know. So you guys were both close, but no cigar here. Uh, and funny enough, I've been to Vegas four times, and I've never seen the sign in person. It says welcome to fabulous Las Vegas. Oh, fabulous. That makes that makes sense, though. That's close. I feel They're good. Very about proud that. of it there, but it's it's a little outside the strip, and it's just like you either have to kind of go to see it or you don't see it. Well, I just remember when when we, yeah, we went, we went to there. We went to there, but there was just so many people there to take a picture of it, like a selfie or like a proposal or a you know graduation photo or a you know sacrifice. There's <laughs> a goat hanging from the sign. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, question eight, category eight. Hint: It was just before C Spot Run. In 2000, this actor was ready to rumble with his shocking WCW World Heavyweight title win. We are going to lock in over here. Okay, so I think uh, here's our time to admit we have a huge uh, trivia knowledge in wrestling. So I don't have anything outside of just guessing The Rock because it's kind of his time. I mean, it could be John Cena because you can't see him. That is actually a, a decent line that times out with about when he was wrestling. So I'm I that that's a much better okay. guess, I think, than what we had. So All right, let's guess John Cena. All right, we'll go with John Cena. All right. So the logic told me, you know, what actor. Um, so Sean was talking about an actor, not a wrestler, turned actor. And uh, the clue that I heard in there was ready to rumble, which uh, if you've ever seen the DVD cover, is a very muscular arm with a headlock around the head of David Arquette, who is a huge wrestling fan and has wrestled before. So we went David Arquette. Yep, points to one team. It was David Arquette, and C-Spot Run was a terrible movie he did the year after in 2001. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to venture a guess and say it was pretty terrible. I heard he's putting on the uniform again for the newest Scream. Mm. Mm -hmm. And Courtney Cox as well. She got rid of the bangs that everyone vilified her for for some reason, even though it's just hair. She looked good. Yeah. He is, and he's got that new wrestling documentary. Not sure if anyone's seen it. You you can't kill David Arquette, or you cannot kill David Arquette. It's... uh, looks like a fun adventure i think it's on it's on our netflix so hopefully it's on yours as well we'll have to check that out yeah that sounds cool category nine is it really the oscars without her meryl streep is arguably one of the greatest actresses of her generation with three oscar wins and an astounding 21 nominations what movie scored her her first nomination um okay we're locked in you guys can talk it out uh, this one was again all Taylor, so I'll let him talk. Okay, well, we I were, don't. I was I, gonna say we were kind of in the same spot you guys were at. Was the first one she was nominated for also the first one she won for? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the first one she won for was Kramer versus Kramer. So that's what we're gonna lock in with because I, if there's anything before that, we don't know. This is uh, before our time, so. So here, Ken wrote down Kramer versus Kramer and Sophie's Choice, which I know she won for Sophie's Choice. Um. But I just remember her looking... Picking a movie was kind of a Sophie's choice. It was, actually. It was. Yeah. Um, But I just... I was trying to think of what's the youngest I can remember seeing her maybe winning an award. And she played uh, a bride in Deer Hunter with Robert De Niro. And that's where my gut is telling us to go. So we went Deer Hunter. So we've basically spun the revolver and the the die is cast now. Yeah, the roulette has chosen Deer Hunter. And what did you guys pick? Kramer versus Kramer. Kramer versus Kramer. So you got lucky with that revolver. Uh, it was the Deer Hunter. Uh, it was well, the Deer Hunter. Neil. She was nominated in 78. And then she won for Kramer versus Kramer the next year in 79. She did win. Oh, she won back to back. Wow. Okay. So points going to one team. Okay. Category 10. Not Gilroy, that other one. The city of Gilroy, California is known for being the garlic capital of the world and host to an annual garlic festival. But what major American city got its name originally because of an abundance of wild garlic, or stinky onions, as the translation is better known, that grew there. It is commonly more known as ramps, or wood leaks, if you want to get technical. Okay, we're locked in. You, yeah, you guys we're too? locked in as well. Yeah, we'd be remiss if we didn't know this was Chicago. Yep, we also immediately locked in with Chicago. 
Well done, guys. I had to phrase it very carefully. I think I had it as garlic at first, and then I got a whole lot of flack that that wasn't technically correct. So I <laughs> had to throw in enough hints to get it right that, you know, I'm, I'm proud you guys got it. So well done. All right. And with that, it looks like we have pulled into a tie. It is 60 to 60. Wow. And speaking of stinking onions, maybe that is the scent that Matt and Jeff will use at Dior. Yeah. That's why I ate so many stinky onions to try to throw these guys off their game a little bit. I was wondering what that smell was. It it makes sense now. How does it feel being in the sweat lodge, by the way? It's warm. It's warming up in here. It is. It's getting hot. That and my lack of deodorant. Okay. That's, Uh, that's That's my mind game today. Well, actually, before we throw it to Sean, um, so both Taylor and Jason are Patreon supporters, and so is Sean. So uh, we have to mention our support because we have three supporters here supporting us two in the studio um, with uh, all of their help to keep the show continually growing. Um, if you'd like to join them uh, with a bunch of extra audio content, and Jason mentioned he has a poster, a Dutch Boy poster, um, you can get other perks, uh, different boxes and stickers and whatnot. But most of all that extra audio, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast to join them and uh jason and taylor and sean you can even jump in if you'd like but um are, are we giving you too much content on patreon or is it a nice mix of uh extra audio that you guys can listen to once you've get gotten through the catalog i think it's a perfect amount I, I i mean there's always always room for more always more triviality to consume so um listening from the beginning you can never have too much yeah so. i just have to be careful listening to the crop drops at work because i'm always like, <laughs> rolling on the floor laughing while listening to them you were a little wild in those for sure uh, well, we, we appreciate it, and uh, the check uh, of payment for saying those nice things will be in the mail soon. Uh, Sean, um, what do you have in store for us today for the swing round? We know you said it was Canada-specific, which scares us a little bit, but we love Canada, and we want to learn as much as we can. For the swing round, we're going to have a little bit of fun with Canadian geography. Canada has 10 provinces and three territories. Can't forget to mention those. Oh, I see. Our guys have looked at a map. Uh, and some of those provinces have some unique place names. For 10 points each, I'm going to give you four city or town names. I'm going to try to at least. And you tell me what province all four are in. Number one, Kamloops, Revelstoke, Surrey, Victoria. Number two, Flin Flon, Brandon, The Pa, Portage La Prairie. Number three, Sherbrooke, Trois-Rivières, Gatineau, Drummondville. Number four, Drumheller, Red Deer, Fort McMurray, Medicine Hat. Number five, Sydney, Lunenburg, Yarmouth, Dartmouth. Number six, Kingston, Hamilton. Timmins, Sault Ste. Marie. Number seven, Gander, St. John's, Dildo, Cornerbrook. I'll bleep that. Number eight, Charlottetown and Summerside are the only two cities in this province. Number nine, St. John, Moncton, Miramichi, Bathurst. And number 10, Regina, Moose Jaw, Prince Albert, Lloydminster. I'll believe that too. All right. We will be right back after we consider these provinces and territories. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. 
Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all the answers are now locked in. So let's get these cities one more time and see how we did. Okay, so number one was Kamloops, Revelstoke, Surrey, and Victoria. Yeah, so I've been in Kamloops before. Uh, we were, me and Jeff were driving from Seattle all the way to Calgary, as we call it. Mm-hmm. So I believe Kamloops was in BC, British Columbia, um, especially due to the presence of Victoria also in this category. So we're saying British Columbia. Yep. So I know that uh, Victoria is the capital of British Columbia because they always see a trick question getting people that try to answer Vancouver. So I'm pretty sure this is British Columbia. Points going to both teams. It is British Columbia. Um, ironically, Victoria is actually on Vancouver Island. Uh, I hear it's very pretty. It's also really far even from Vancouver. So I have not been. I've been to there also. Hmm. Yeah. We had quite a, quite an adventure, me and Jeff, up in the great white north. Have you ever been to Alcatraz? I don't know. Maybe we'll take you there and just leave you there, see what happens. That's fine. Yeah. Number two, uh, Flin Flon, Brandon, the Pa, Portage La Prairie. Not too sure on this one, but we heard some French stuff happen in there, so we said Quebec. And we were kind of out of answers by the time we got back to this one, uh, and we landed on Alberta. Uh, no points here. It is Manitoba. Oh, forgot about Manitoba. I got the other we one forgot one. about most of them. Was like, we did. I was flipping. We were flipping. Okay, number three. Sherbrooke, Trois-Rivières, Gatineau, Drummondville. Again, some French stuff happening in this one. So we hedged our bets and also said Quebec for this one. And we also said Quebec with some of the French-sounding words. So, yep, this time you'd be right. Uh, this is Quebec. Um, funny thing, you know, there are Franco communities throughout the country. So you can see some really French names in some really English parts of the country. So don't uh, don't always let it fool you. But you Look, we don't have there. anything else to go on here. So just let us keep this. <laughs> We're Ask me about Chicago suburbs and watch me, watch me flail. Okay. Uh, number four, Drumheller, Red Deer, Fort McMurray, Medicine Hat. Yeah, so this is um, one of the clues that we kind of were just trying to hedge our bets and repeated a couple of provinces that we knew. So we just went with Alberta. Uh, on these two, on uh, two and four, we were uh, flipping between Manitoba and Alberta on them. So this one we went uh, Manitoba, but I guess we already know it's going to be wrong. I was going to say, yeah, you guys should have gone tails. It is Alberta. Ooh, good guess, good guess. Good guess. It helps when you guess Alberta on three of them. <laughs> so now we know those other two are wrong. Number five, Sydney, Lunenburg, Yarmouth, and Dartmouth. Neil had a good strategy here. So Yeah, this one just sounded sort of Scandinavian to me. Um, it made me think of uh, Finland, and that made me think of Newfoundland. So that's what we went with. And on this one, we went with Nova Scotia. Oh. That's the other one. Points going to one team. It is Nova Scotia. Well done. See, if I would have remembered Nova Scotia, that would have made a lot more sense. Number six, Kingston, Hamilton, Timmins, Sault Ste. Marie. <laughs> this one's funny because Neil has it in a very stupid way. So we're going to leave it to Neil. Yeah, Ken made fun of me. Um, I didn't know right away. We're going down the list. And I was like, Hamilton? Oh, Patrick Swayze's character, Derek Sutton, in Youngblood, plays on the Hamilton Mustangs hockey team, and Hamilton is in Ontario, near Toronto. So we went Ontario. Okay, uh, so my sister-in-law's family is from Sault Ste. Marie, so we knew this was Ontario. Well done, guys. Um, Yeah, actually, way to go, Neil. Hamilton is about, that's an odd fact, Hamilton's about an hour the other way from me, from Toronto. Uh, Timmins is the hometown of Shania Twain and my mom, Uh, so a lot of pride there. Uh, but yeah, these are all smaller cities in Ontario. I always forget Shania's from Canada, like best-selling uh, country artist of, of all time. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, number seven, uh, Gander, St. John's, Dildo, Cornerbrook. Uh, this is one of the ones that we just uh, hedged our bets with Alberta on, so we are wrong. 
And we weren't too sure on this one either, but we took a stab with New Brunswick. So clearly none of you guys are Jimmy Kimmel fans because he got pretty obsessed with Dildo Newfoundland uh, in the year, I think, prior to the pandemic. And I believe it was made honorary mayor of Dildo. Uh, and Gander was the uh, home base of the uh, musical Come From Away. Oh, that's where, right. Uh, planes were rerouted to Newfoundland over 9-11. Pretty amazing story. Uh, number eight, Charlottetown and Summerside are the only two cities in this province. So we were trying to pick somewhere pretty isolated, and we said Yukon. Okay, so I just picked the smallest uh, smallest province, so we put Prince, Edward's, Prince Edward Island. Yeah, points going to one team. It is PEI, or Prince Edward Island, uh, and it is pretty darn tiny. It's beautiful, but you can drive all around it in a couple hours. Number nine, St. John, Moncton, Miramichi, Bathurst. Again, Alberta. Uh, so on this one, uh, we kind of did the same thing we did earlier, and we thought seven and nine, we kind of flipped back and forth between, and we went with Newfoundland for this one. So you guys are the right part of the country, but not quite on the map. It is New Brunswick. Um, and Bathurst is how they say it there, which is very French. Uh, there's a city street in Toronto called Bathurst, and we say it Bathurst, but up there it's Bathurst. All right, number 10, Regina, Moose Jaw, Prince Albert, Lloyd Minster. Yep, thank you, Stacy McPeak, and I believe uh, Kezia as well, uh, up in Saskatchewan. Uh, and this one, uh, thank you, Deadpool, uh, Saskatchewan. Regina, home of Deadpool. You guys are right. It's Saskatchewan. After the swing round, it looks like uh, Team O'Connor is barely in the lead with 90 points, and we are right behind them at Trashnal Anthem with 85. Well, we figured to make the second round a little more fair, we're going to go global. So we got 10 questions that are a little more internationally themed. All right, round two, category one. Going gently into that good night. Westminster Abbey is arguably Britain's most famous church and the final resting place of some of its most famous citizens over the past thousand years. Geoffrey Chaucer, Charles Dickens, Thomas Hardy, and Rudyard Kipling are all buried in the section of the church known as what? I want to say it's like the Great Hall, but that doesn't seem right to me. That's The Great Hall is what's in Union Station over here in Chicago, like where they shot... Um... The uh, I wanted to call it the Despicables, but the Untouchables. <laughs> they were chasing the Despicables. Um, I think it might be like the Great Hall, but I think that's wrong. It's not a bad guess. Okay. All right. That's all I got right now. Okay. Uh, I just knew this one flat out. I'm pretty sure it's Poets Corner. Uh, and yeah, points going to one team. It is Poets Corner. Uh, the clue was Dylan Thomas uh, going gently into that good night. Yeah. Sorry about that, Ken. It's right. funny, I watch these things and I learn all this stuff and then as soon as it's over, it's like my brain's just like, yeah. and I lose it. Category two, Duke, 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 Duke of Rural. We hear a lot about the Prince of Wales, Prince Charles, the Duke of Cambridge, Prince William, and the former Duke of Sussex, Prince Harry. Who is the current Earl of Wessex? Oh, we can lock in. Okay. Is this possibly a trick? Because he was naming the family in order he was going charles william harry could it be william's kid even though he's a little kid he's still an earl i was thinking about one of the kids um, myself what that what the heck's his kid's name it's um charlotte is one i think freddie freddie no i don't think so oh, what is his name what's that little i couldn't give less of a about the royal family so this yeah. is tough for me what's that little bugger's name <laughs> uh that royal little bugger <laughs> Hey, oi, come over here. Um, <laughs> Cockney. <laughs> uh, yeah, what is this kid's name? I, it's not Freddie. You don't think it's Freddie? I don't know what I'm thinking. Is it George? George makes more sense. That's a more royal name. It sounds like a name of a little kid, like another kid on the playground. Just yeah. like, slap me. Come on, Georgie. Come on. You bring like a right, little... Let's say little baby Georgie. Baby Georgie. This oh. one was all Taylor, so I'll let him take okay, it. Okay, so we have a guess. We were along the same lines, thinking it was uh, William's oldest son, and uh, I know that is Prince George, so that's our guess, Prince George. So you're on the right track. It is one of those kids that no one can remember, but it's not actually anyone that young. It is someone's kid. It's the Queen's kid, and it's actually Prince Edward, who's her youngest, um, that people just kind of forget exists. There's another one? he doesn't get into trouble. There's really a third one? There's or four wait. kids. There's four kids. Oh, he's barely been on the crown. Prince so I don't Charles, know that much Princess about Anne, 
Prince Andrew, who we don't talk about anymore. And Prince Edward is the youngest. Okay. All right. Category three. Diamonds are forever, but reputations aren't. De Beers is most commonly known for their slogan, a diamond is forever. But the country's British founder had a huge impact in the colonization of Africa, for which he's widely criticized today, and also has a scholarship at a country named after him, or had a country named after him, forgive me. The scholarship is still around, but the country changed its name in 1979. For 10 points, give me either the former or current name of the country, or an extra five points for both. I think we've got a guess on this. We can lock in. Man, these guys are on our tails. Um, can you think of an African country that changes name? I mean, the Congo, I doubt. That's um, Ethiopia used to be Abyssinia or something. Abyss- that sounds familiar, yeah. Abyssinia. Um, so that's, if we can't think of anything better, we can do that. Okay. Um, let's just go Ethiopia and Abyssinia just okay. to hedge our bets, make sure we name a country. That sounds good. So we, Taylor knew the lock-in answer, and then we had to coin flip on what we thought the second part of it was. So I'll let him talk it out. Yeah, so I knew this is a road, so I knew it was Rhodesia, and that was the uh, former name of the country. And then I always flip these two, the two Z countries, Zimbabwe and Zambia. So I locked, we locked in with Zimbabwe, but I may have flipped it. Wow, 15 points going to one team. Uh, it was Cecil Rhodes. Uh, it was formerly Rhodesia, and it is now Zimbabwe. Job so, guys, well done, guys. Road Scholar is probably what he was referencing. Oh, yep. 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 Yeah, there's some smart cookies sitting next to us. I know. Here. I will take none of that credit. This has been mostly Taylor the entire game. Category four. There's power hungry, and then there's speaking of Zimbabwe, in the past four decades the country was best known for being run by this strongman leader, who was the country's prime minister from nineteen eighty to nineteen eighty seven, and then president until twenty seventeen finally leaving power at age 93 when he was ousted in a coup. Who was this controversial leader of Zimbabwe? I remember the news story. Yeah. This is this I is just... in Fort Whitaker, right? In, um... No. Okay. Good, because that's what I was thinking of, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty sure he was a different country, but... I mean, we could go Fort Whitaker, but I, I'm not going to get his name. Yeah. I, I'm glad there's more international questions on the show for listeners, but for my sake... It's just not good for me, <laughs> but I, I'm glad I'm learning something. All right, let's just tap out on this one because there's okay. no way I'm going to be able to pull it. Okay. I think I know the first letter, but I'd just be making up a name. I'll just say the force worker character, which is Edie Amin, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, we'll just say that. We didn't know this at all, but I remember when we graduated high school, there was Coney 2012 to try to get Coney out. Really never looked into who that guy was, so our guess is Coney. And uh, we just kind of had to tap because there's no way we can pull this guy's name, even though I remember hearing about it on NPR and stuff. But uh, we said Idi Amin. Fair enough. The correct answer is actually Robert Mugabe. Oh, Mugabe. Uh, he was around forever, made a lot of news, was crooked as can be, uh, is now deceased, and I think is still trying to cling to power. So <laughs> that's, that's the extent of his demagoguery, if you will. All right. Category five, the handshake heard around the world. In 1871, after two years of searching, journalist Henry Morton Stanley famously tracked down the missing missionary, Dr. David Livingston, who had been missing for six years. The meeting is still remembered for Stanley's reported greeting upon finding his subject. Quote, Dr. Livingston, I presume. In what modern day country did this meeting take place? I've heard this too, Dr. Livingston, I presume. I think I have an educated guess on this one. So let's, let's go for it. I'll trust you. Let these guys talk. Yeah. Once again, this was Taylor leading the way with geography. Okay. uh, So I remember that Livingston was uh, looking for the source of the Nile. I think he was by Lake Victoria, but that's about as far as I know, because I don't remember which countries are surrounding Lake Victoria. So I know Kenya is in that area. So our guess is Kenya. And we're just, uh, we know Stanley Falls, I believe, is a location. Um, So we're saying Congo or Republic of Democratic Republic of Congo. So you're on the right continent, but not quite in the right country. It was actually at Lake Tanganyika, and the country today is Tanzania. So it was now in what's now Tanzania. All right. So, O'Kalnada, 
Uh, grabbed uh, an extra 25 points in that first half, so they're at 115. We just are standing our ground at 85. Yeah, why get for any, a late late surge? Why get any answers right? Let's go for five. Yeah. Category six gives you guys a bit more wiggle room. Uh, category is spoiler alert. We and a few others overlap. Um, the other day, I heard an episode of Triviality uh, with a question about the 76 countries that drive on the other side of the road, the left side of the road. Those countries generally, but not all, are members of the British Commonwealth. And of course, you know, the Brits are known for driving on the left. Uh, similar to the Commonwealth is La Francophonie, which is the question, which is the collection of French-speaking nations and various former French colonies. Funny enough, the two groups actually have the same number of members. Within five, how many members are there in the group of Commonwealth nations or in the Francophonie? Within five. All right, we are going to lock in here. Okay, so we you wrote down 30 as a guess. I'm. Do we want to go a little bit higher, thinking that it's not going to be on the lower end of 25? Maybe say 35, which gives oh, us... Are you, you're not saying that we're part of it. You're saying modern day? Right you're good. Okay. Well, I think it's 32. Like, that's a number that's sticking in my head because of last time I watched the Commonwealth Games. Okay. But so uh, Do you think it could be higher than 32, or would it be lower? I think it could potentially be higher, so I'd rather go 35. 35? Yeah. Okay, we'll lock in with 35. And we are just sticking with 30 on this one. So it's actually a little higher than that, um, but it's lower than the 76. It is 54. Uh, and I say members because Canada FNIF is in there twice. I think Quebec has its own membership, as does New Brunswick, which is our official bilingual province. Uh, so I'm not sure how many nations are actually have a dual membership of some places, uh, there are 10 countries that are in both groups, which is really interesting. I guess they had dual origins, but uh, yeah, 54. So anywhere from 49 to 59 would have gotten points. All right. Category seven, Mad Max, try mad facts. Mel Gibson and Nicole Kidman are two of Australia's biggest exports. But what other nationality do they have in common? I don't know if this is a trick because... Oh, um, oh, maybe I know. I mean, I know for I know where Mel Gibson was born, but I don't know if. Well, I'll go with that. Actually, maybe Nicole Kidman was born there too. All right, we're we're gonna lock in over here. Okay, uh, I think I remember hearing on Triviality once that Nicole Kidman was born in Hawaii. So our guess is, uh, um, they have United States or United States citizenship. Using our own recordings against us. <laughs> Look what we've we've uh, birthed here. Uh, yeah, I believe Mel Gibson was born in New York, so we're going American. What hath Neil wrought? Uh, yes, they are both American. Uh, you're right. She was born in Honolulu, and he was American. I, I thought it was a, I was overthinking it way too much there. So that's I why. always thought Mel Gibson was Scottish because of his great <laughs> accent. <laughs> Just such good acting. Yeah. I thought you you also though said you also thought he was a colonial American because he was so convincing in The Patriot. Yeah, that's right. It's a very good movie, The Patriot. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, here's a little story yeah. for the Patriot real quick. Uh, Jason Isaacs, who is from uh, Harry Potter, mm -hmm. as everyone knows, mm -hmm. he was doing an interview recently, and someone said, I heard you had a uh, Smithsonian American history expert on the set for the Patriot. And he says, yes, we did. And uh, he said, here's a funny story about it. I was talking to the guy once, and I said, hey, you know, we're doing this scene like in the battle, and we're all, they're all carrying the flags. It looks really, really cool. Did that happen? No, that, that never happened. Uh, would, would this have happened this way that the, the soldiers marched into, into battle? No, that wouldn't have happened either. And he's like, why are you here? And he goes, I think it's just so they could say they had an expert on set. Yeah, so they just <laughs> hired him so they could say it, and then they ignored him, everything he said. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Category eight, grunt if you know the answer. When he's not beating up paparazzi, this Hollywood entertainer also enjoys a bit of rugger. Who has been the famous co-owner of the National Rugby League's South Sydney Rapitos since 2006? We are locked in. Okay, uh, well... I remember seeing this. Uh, I'm pretty uh, when I was in Australia. That I think Russell Crowe owns this team, so uh, we'll lock in with Russell Crowe. Yeah, and I think his clue—not only the paparazzi, probably throwing phones at them, but uh, thirty odd foot of grunts has banned. We went Russell Crowe. Well done. Points all around. It was Russell Crowe. Category nine: a great soul and a pretty decent negotiator. We think of Mahatma Gandhi as a quiet revolutionary who led India to independence. But before he earned the nickname Mahatma, which means great soul, what was Mohandas Gandhi's original profession? Okay, uh, we can lock in. Oh, so I think I saw a picture of him in a nice suit before he uh, wore his more famous garb. Yeah. 
But it, but if the uh, the category is a great soul, do you think he's a shoemaker? I was just thinking, yeah, I, I wonder if he like was a tailor or a, a cobbler. You ever seen The Cobbler with Adam Sandler, by the way? Uh, I've seen parts of it. You know what's funny? It's directed by the Oscar by winner. By Gandhi. Of, of, it's directed by Gandhi, <laughs> yeah. Directed by the Oscar winner of Spotlight. Oh, very, really? Very random, yeah. Mm. Well, I think we should say he's a shoemaker. A shoe. Okay, so a cobbler, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, shoemaker, yeah. So I, I believe it's a cobbler. Um, Technically, Ken. <laughs> I don't know though. I don't actually know that. That's what we'll lock in with. So from the uh, the hint in the uh, category, we actually took the other route from the Great Negotiator, uh, and we went with lawyer. So some former lawyers lead their people to independence. Mm. Others wind up posting triviality. Uh, but yeah, no points to one team. He was a lawyer or attorney. Uh, see, I, I I knew I saw a picture of him in a really nice suit, and I was gonna say lawyer. I but, thought you were on the right track there, and then you went up, took a hard left turn. I know Ken. Ken just took me on the wrong route there. Sorry, because <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm right. Right? There's a picture of Gandhi in a really nice suit, like before. Okay, okay. He's outside crazy. his law. You could wear a, that picture. You can wear a suit and make shoes. <laughs> Maybe he was a or, cobbler. Or be lawyer. Lionel Hudson, do both for the record. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure all of the. Um, I think we have like at least over a dozen lawyers who listen to this show roll their eyes at that question that I got it wrong. Uh, I don't know. Sean, did you roll your eyes? Well, I mean, it just kills me that you're not a Simpsons fan because there's a great joke about Lionel Hutz making shoes in court. <laughs> and as he's in the middle of losing, he's you know, hammering souls and says, Judge, these won't be ready till Thursday. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Uh, category 10, final question of the main rounds. I've never been, but you may have. Uh, originally built as a mausoleum, today the Taj Mahal is one of the most visited tourist attractions in the world. We know it's in India. What city is it in? Oh, no. Oh, we can lock in. You keep saying the part of the question that I know in the question. Yeah, I just learned that it was a tomb the other day. Is it Punjab? Um, I know a lot of great British Bake Off contestants come from Punjab. Does it start with an R? Um, R. R. I'm not going to get this one. Do you want to say Mumbai then? Mumbai? Yeah. It's a big city. Yeah, we're not going to get it. All right, we're locked in with Mumbai. So Taylor wrote this one down pretty quick, and I agreed with him uh, after he wrote it down. Okay, so I I just got to make sure I don't mix this up with the city in Aladdin. Pretty sure it's just Agra. Points going to one team. It is Agra. So we cracked 100 here and got uh, 105, but the Kalnada team is forging ahead at 155. So when we came into this, we said if it was going to be a pop culture heavy game, like a lot of the, the triviality games are, mm-hmm. we were going to do very poorly. We said if it was not, we thought we stood a chance. So I think we're doing okay. I think it's really going to depend on what this twist that Sean says we have in store for us in the final comes down to. Twist is it's all movies. And you can tell that's a great triviality listener here because that was a perfect segue. Sean, what is that twist? So for today's final, we're going to want to combine our favorite subject, Canada, with everyone's favorite passion, trivia. That's right. Our final round is a tribute to Canada's beloved trivial export, Trivial Pursuit. We're going to do six questions, not the usual five, going to break the mold a bit, with the following categories. Geography, entertainment, history, arts and literature, science and nature, and sports and leisure. All the wagers are now locked in. Let's get the questions. See if we can uh, turn this thing around, Neil. I know. I'm hoping we can because um, I'm feeling a little nervous, but um, I, I feel like it's at the end of the movie here. We're at the, the final scene and we got to put up or shut up. And we just need a nice Kurt Russell speech and we'll make it happen. There's a little something for everyone here. So let's see how we do. Geography. What is the world's oldest continuously inhabited city, which despite recent turmoil in the past decade has shown evidence of inhabitants for the past 11,000 years? It's also known as the city of Jasmine. Entertainment. To date, there have been 15 EGOT winners. Means they won the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. Who was the first to pull off this feat? History. Born as Sarah Breedlove, America's first black female millionaire, created an internationally known line of hair products using what name? Arts and Literature. The musical artist Moby's first name is actually Richard. His natural blues may as well refer to the deep blue sea, since he claims to be the great-great-great-nephew of this seafaring author. Science and Nature. 
What was Albert Einstein's day job when he devised the theory of relativity? And the last question, sports and leisure. I would be remiss, nay, dishonoring my wife, if I went this entire game without a Simpsons question. In the episode Homer at the Bat, Mr. Burns had a company softball team filled with legends such as Roger Clemens, Steve Sachs, Ken Griffey Jr., and Jose Canseco. But those weren't the players he really wanted. For 10 points, name one of the three 19th and early 20th century baseball legends that Burns proposed to Smithers to put on the team. Hint, you've likely heard of one's baseball card, probably heard of another player, and the third is, well, pun intended, a bonus 10 points if you can name all three players. Right, so it's 10 points each player, and then... A bonus 10 points if you can name all three. But since Matt's not here, we'll see how we do. So then strike your wager on that last one. And... Okay. All right, we'll take a look at these, and we'll be back in a moment. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Was, or call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. All the answers are now locked in. So let's get the questions one more time, see how we did. All righty. So first question was geography. Uh, what is the world's oldest continuously inhabited city, which despite recent turmoil in the past decade, has shown evidence of inhabitants for the past 11,000 years? It's also known as the city of Jasmine. Yeah, so of course we didn't wager on this one because it was geography, but we're pretty sure the answer is Damascus. And uh, this is another one where I actually knew this one, even though Taylor also knew it. Uh, and we also put Damascus. What was your wager? Uh, we put 20 on this one. I'd say points all around, but one team didn't wager. It is Damascus. Yeah, yeah, we know. Entertainment. There, to date, there have been 15 EGOT winners. That's the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. Who was the first to pull off this feat? Uh, so, like, often on Jeopardy, they say they want to say a true daily double. I've always wanted to say I bet an Oakland Five. So we put an Oakland Five on this one. Uh, little did we know, I had we had no idea on this one. So we just guessed Judy Garland. Good guess. Uh, we went big on this one. We went 30. And I believe the hills were alive with jealousy as Hammerstein looked over to his friend Richard Rogers uh, after becoming the first EGOTs. We went Richard Rogers. Captain Broadway gets it. It is Richard Rogers. That is a deep cut. All right. So wisely, we wagered 30 points on that. So that'll help us out here. All right. Third question was in history for the third piece of the pie. Uh, born as Sarah Breedlove, America's first black female millionaire, created an internationally known line of hair products using what name? 
uh, yeah, we wagered uh, 15 on this one. Uh, we're familiar um, with Breedlove. Uh, we just did not know the name of the product, but we know that the Oscar-winning short film Hair Love uh, was titled Hair Love, and we thought, well, maybe she put her own name in the product. So we said maybe it was called Hair Love. And similarly to the other team, we've definitely heard the story. We could not think of the name, though. Uh, and we just guessed Hair in a Can. And your wager? Uh, we luckily bet zero on this one. So the answer is actually the name that she had used, not so much the name of the product, since why I sort of asked you, using what name. Uh, the name was Madam C.J. Walker. Oh, which that's I right. Which is still in use. Uh, I'm not as familiar with hair products as I should be, but it was quite the international sensation. Okay, piece of the pie for arts and literature. The musical artist Moby's first name is Richard. His natural blues may have may as well refer to the deep blue sea, since he claims to be the great 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 nephew of this seafaring author. For fifteen points on this one, uh, the author of Moby Dick is Herman Melville. Yep, and we also remember this trivia nugget as Herman Melville. And your wager? Uh, we put ten on this one. Points all around. He is Richard Melville, and he claims to be the descendant of Herman Melville. Uh, category, science and nature. Uh, what was Albert Einstein's day job when he devised the theory of relativity? For 10 points on this one, we said he was a clerk. Okay, um, we put 20 on this one. I don't know if we need to be more specific, but I put he was a pen clerk. Listen, you're going to win anyway, so just like <laughs> let us have some points here. That's fine. I'll go broadly with the points. Um, I, I think the technical title is patent examiner. I always knew him to be a clerk at the patent office, so clerk, examiner, patent. I'll be pretty generous on that one. And the final question, sports and leisure. Never my strong suit of trivial pursuit, but hence why I made it a little more me. I would be remiss, nay, dishonoring my wife if I went this entire game without a Simpsons question. In the episode Homer at the Bat, Mr. Burns had a company softball team filled with legends such as Roger Clemens, Steve Sachs, Ken Griffey Jr., and Jose Canseco. But those weren't the players he really wanted. For 10 points, name one of, the, one of the three 19th and early 20th century baseball legends that Burns proposed to Smithers. Hint, you've likely heard of one's baseball card, probably heard of another player, and the third is, well, pun intended. And a bonus 10 points if you can name all three. We weren't super sure, but uh, we came up with a short list. Yep, yep. Um, we know for a fact that the baseball card reference is Honus Wagner, most expensive baseball card ever. Uh, and then we just went uh, Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth to throw some Yankees in there. Uh, so our locked-in first answer was also Honus Wagner for the baseball card angle. Uh, and then uh, our other two answers, we went with Ruth. Uh, and just as a guess out there based on the pun intended, we just went with the last name Burns. So well done. Points all around because uh, you threw in that pretty juicy hint about the baseball card. Uh, it is Honus Wagner. Uh, and the players were Honus Wagner, Cap Anson, who played in the late 1880s and 1890s, and Mordecai Three Finger Brown, who I believe was missing most of two fingers and threw the ball uh, with a very tight grip with their many ones that he had. All right. So 10 points per team on that one, which brings our total to 155 over at Trashnal Anthem, living up to our name, of course. But today's cream of the crop with 210 points. Oh, Kalnada. Great job, guys. Are you Carly Simon? Because nobody does it better. You're the cream of the crop. Thank, Thank you very much. All right. So pretty much spanked us there. Yeah, it was a good spanking. I mean, it was needed. We haven't had one in a while, especially from the hands of someone else. Usually it's just ourselves spanking each other <laughs> well you know what i don't mind a spanking at the hands of a patreon supporter exactly especially one that's been with us for so long so yeah thank you guys for hanging out today yeah absolutely it was a blast to be here awesome to come back yeah of course so uh, let's start with uh taylor um any people you'd like to shout out anything you'd like to say before we let you go uh i don't know i just want to shout out my parents thanks for raising me and doing all a good job so awesome well yeah shout out to taylor's parents me too yeah, yeah, Ken too. What what are their names? Uh, they're Wendy and Larry. Wendy and Larry, great names. Uh, and Jason, anyone you like to shout out? Yeah, uh, everybody else that plays with us at uh, Trivia, call me daddy. Uh, shout out them. Uh, shout out to my wife, Kelly, for uh, graciously deciding to uh, babysit our eight-week-old puppy uh, so I could come over here to record with you guys. And then I'll just do uh, one more shout out to the band that I manage, Choose Your Character. 
Awesome. Well, yeah, please, uh, maybe we can give Ken some choose your character uh, for the outro music or something and throw it in. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Sure. And Sean, uh, wonderful game here that you hosted. Some uh, international questions, Canada questions, American questions. It was all over the board. Really great. Um, any people you'd like to shout out to? The floor is yours. Thanks, guys. I was going to say, Ken, I don't have enough money for the spanking level Patreon. It's uh, <laughs> it's a pretty hefty sum each month. And just to fly to Chicago to smack your butt is a little beyond my pay grade. Uh, Too bad. Thank you, guys. This was a lot of fun. I've been a fan for ages. So this kind of was a dream come true. And I'm glad I got to do it. Uh, huge thanks to my wife, Shenandoah, who was on uh, the original episode with me that I was on uh, and is also a devoted listener uh, to uh, Tony Schmidt and uh, Russ Friedwald for playtesting this game and doing a pretty wonderful job uh, to my own trivia team, uh, turned down for what, uh, back out in Durham, Ontario, for the most part, uh, to Neil for helping uh, make all this happen. Uh, and you know, one final shameless plug, uh, the, because I know there's a lot of attorneys who listen, uh, I'm the right stuff agency, W R I T E the right stuff agency. You can look me up, find me, uh, happy to chat with you guys about anything you need story-wise and making sure that you're getting your message out there about why your clients need to come and see you. So let's do a free consult. I'm happy to chat. Uh, this was fantastic. You guys did an amazing job. There are some tough questions and you all killed it. So well done. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we appreciate you being here. Sean is a great writer, so all of our counsel, please check him out. Uh, Jason Taylor, thank you for joining us. Uh, Jeff and Matt, we hope that you find some sort of fragrance uh, to bring back home that is uh, palatable. Uh, but most likely it will not be, and Ken and I will be refusing to wear it, but we'll support you either way. Uh, so I'll give him a sniff. Yeah, one sniff is, is enough, I think. What, what Patreon level is the one that you get to sniff? Sniff one of us? Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll tell you, you after. Sniff, sniff me for a buck. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just give Ken a uh, $1 bill and I'll let you sniff him. Uh, well, thank you very much to Sean, Jason, Taylor, uh, Ken, and Jeff and Matt, who are not here. My name is Neil, and that was Triviality. A second message I've gotten on Instagram and it's spam, but I had to look over your profile. Seems like you're a great fit. Uh, Smooth My is interested in working with you. Can you please drop them a message? Here, at Smooth My Give them a message. It's like a male grooming product. Like, why would you? I don't want to be an ambassador for Smooth My I'll be an ambassador for Smooth My Look, if Gilbert Gottfried's doing Blue Chew, I figure you guys just take it to the next level. Come on. I could be a poster boy for Smooth My Yeah, you could. You could.